0: Hi, I'm Alex, I'm Annie, and welcome to The Research Room, a space to make research by the people, for the people, and today uh, we will be talking about uh, resilience again. and this time, we are focusing more on like what actually predicts resilience. Um, so what are the factors that go into people that make quote unquote resilient people? Um, and there's going to be like some individual factors. There's also going to be some like environmental factors. And like we want to consider all these different things that go into uh, this idea of resilience. Um, I will also say uh, upfront at the beginning um, that uh, we will be talking about 9-11. So if that is at all uh, triggering to you, uh, if you feel like you will not be able to handle that topic, um, feel free to not watch this podcast. Um, of course, we think that like there will be some beneficial uh, things about resilience um, that potentially uh, you could hear about, but you could also get that from some of our other content. Um, so if listening to this full podcast is going to be too triggering, please feel free to um, stop this. Um, OK, so <clears throat> uh, why are we talking about N11? Um, mm-hmm. I mean kind of coincidentally like uh, it's it's been about 20 years uh, since I mean not about 20 years it has been 20 years um, since uh, it had that attack happened um also potentially if I was smarter I would have actually scheduled this for last week rather than this week but <laughs> uh, here we are um but we, we're talking about uh, specifically people that went through that traumatic experience um, and again like who are the people that ended up the most resilient after that and um, who unfortunately uh, did not um, have that same amount of resilience. Um, Although, uh, we'll kind of contest that idea. Like, are they actually less resilient or... Uh, is it just like a matter of like the psychological study? Um, so the paper uh, that we're gonna be talking about is uh, what predicts psychological resilience after disaster, the role of demographics, resources, and life stress. This was by uh, Bonanno uh, and his colleagues uh, back in 20, uh, 2007. So even then, like a fair amount after um, after 2001 when the attacks happened, um, and uh the study itself. Um, so it had a lot of participants. Luckily, um, they they were able to sample uh, two thousand seven hundred and fifty-two different participants, um, and they did this in. A, a way that is uh, maybe potentially you might find uh, as a little old school um, but back then it was definitely it was used a little bit more frequently that they actually just ended up calling people um and like kind of random numbers that were in a specific area um and they, they did uh, they conducted the survey um all there all verbally <clears throat> so uh, the um, experimenters, they actually like ended up asking the questions. The uh, people had to verbally respond, like, yes, I agree with that. No, I don't agree with that. Or like, yes, I, that is like severely impacting me, or, like things like that, right? Um, so there's a whole bunch of things that we have to consider um, just like with that kind of methodology that we will definitely unpack. Um, but that's how they did the study. As uh, so they did a phone survey. Um, this was in New York City or like surrounding that area um, six months after 9-11. Um, And so a few other just like specifics about this paper um, before we start talking about uh, other conceptual kind of things Um, for this paper they had a very specific uh, definition for resilience Um, and and uh, this is kind of like nice because like uh, in contrast to like the other two papers like they had very very broad definitions for resilience here we have like a very specific one um, that we can all kind of wrap our heads around so what they said here was um Uh, Resilience is having one or zero PTSD, so post-traumatic stress um, disorder uh, symptoms, Um, uh, also that uh, as well as low low depression and also low substances. So as long as that was all true, um, they Mm -hmm. categorized you as resilient. Um, But then they also separated this into different levels. Um, So you're either resilient, you had mild to moderate trauma, or you um, were classified as someone who probably has PTSD. Um, For the mild uh, to moderate trauma, that ended up being um, two or more PTSDs. Uh, symptoms, And then probably PTSD is um, they actually just looked at like the diagnostic criteria. So that is all within the DSM or the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, um, which is what psychologists use uh, to diagnose people. Um, they just looked at that. They saw if they had those um, criteria and if they met it, that's how they're classified here. OK, so we have these three groups, uh, resilient, mounts, moderate and probably. Um, and so what ended up predicting this, uh, we have a lot of different predictors uh, that uh, ended up actually predicting this. Um, so there's a lot to <laughs> come through here. Um, there was gender, there's age, there was race, ethnicity, um, education, level of trauma exposure, income change. Um, so uh, did you increase in uh, income? Do you decrease in income? Um, income, uh, sorry, uh, social support. Um, so high, lower, medium. Um how many chronic diseases uh, you uh, have uh, had at that point, and then uh, recent or past life stressors. Um, so all of those ended up predicting um, resilience and. In all of the like intuitive sort of ways, um, with maybe a, a few exceptions here and there. Um, so, uh, some that I do want to point out right now is that uh, gender. That was uh, a big one, uh, and uh, we will definitely spend some time on this one. That um, women ended up uh, being less resilient than men uh, in this study. <laughs> Those that were younger were also less resilient than those that were older, and it happened to be like those that were, um, I am personally going to say 55 and up, uh, although the paper will say 65. Um, it was so close, those numbers, that I'm I'm willing to say 55 and up um, here. And then... Um, uh, oh and then the last one that I want to bring up right now is uh, race ethnicity. Um, so Asians ended up being the most resilient out of um, white, black, and uh, Latinx. Um, so uh, that, that is the layout here, um, but where, where do we want to start? So maybe let's start with like that, that first one of gender. Um, what do you make, Annie, <laughs> of uh, this this finding? Um, why, why do we see this actual like gender difference?
1: This is interesting, Um, I mean, one hypothesis that I have is that prior psychological research shows that like women and men, although sometimes you don't want to admit it, like do, you know, have different gender roles that they are reinforced with, so females tend to be more communal and, you know, they tend to prioritize, you know, getting along well with others and, you know, taking care of others Um, and, you know, Uh, compared to that like men are just like generally more brought up to be more like independent and you know less expressive Mm. so maybe that you know contributes to uh, this resilient Mm. outcome in the sense that women when they are asked about you know how they're dealing uh, with this very traumatic event women tend to be more comfortable really expressing their emotions to other people who are you know checking in on them rather than uh, compared to men, so that could, all, you know, contribute to just generally higher, lower levels of resilience among women compared to men, just because women are more expressing, you know, their uh, psychological troubles and the emotional difficulties they have experienced with the trauma. Mm. Yeah,
0: no, other I, thoughts? I guess, absolutely, I have other thoughts. Um, yeah. So, I think that 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 first idea is great. Um so it's not even necessarily that women are less resilient, right? So like if we take that kind of route, and I, I think that's a very plausible route, um at least that might account for some of the variation here. Um is that women just are more um, comfortable saying that like, yes, I'm actually experiencing X, Y, and Z as opposed to men that might just say like, no, I'm fine. Like whatever, like didn't matter. Um, And then potentially you might end up saying like uh, maybe men end up using like more substances um, to like help cope um, with something. Um, So I I think that's totally plausible. Um, Even as you were talking like that, I think brought up a different point in my head of like if women are are also like um, socialized to be more communal then um, I, I think like just their role in in society is going to be a little bit different the role in their social networks can be a little bit different and that means like potentially they're also like exerting themselves more than men um, men might be able to just kind of like have that time to themselves and like actually cope with it versus like women who are like having to like to other people um like maybe a lot of other people go to them for social support and that is going to wear you out right like i I think some level of like giving support is like great right like it also like makes you feel a little bit better um but like if you're having to do that day after day to so many other people like that's yeah of course like why why would you be more resilient at that point like you're expending so much energy and you you haven't even like had the time to like digest Mm. and process something yourself um you does that resonate with you do do you think (laughs) that sounds right
1: no i think that is plausible so what you're saying is that you know after this like really collective traumatic event you know women tend to you know be around more people who would you know disclose their troubles to themselves just because they tend to be more communal and that kind of reminds them of the event over and over Mm. again so maybe that really delayed their ability to kind of move on like psychologically. Mm-hmm. So I definitely resonate yeah, with your point on that.
0: Awesome, yeah, I mean, that's, that's definitely another finding that like, it, not in this paper, but like in other studies, they've found that like both men and women are more comfortable like disclosing their stress to women. Um, so I, I think that's, that's that could potentially be happening. Um, I do have another alternative though. <laughs> Um, Because I wonder, just like given the time period, uh, this was 20 years ago, um, I mean, there's still plenty of gender inequality in our society, right? And so that also means the types of careers that people have um, are going to differ, uh, and again, especially back then. Um, So what I mean by that is... Uh, women might've been more affected by um, 9-11 specifically because potentially the people that died more um, were men. Um, They ended up, uh, the the people that were in the Twin Towers, people that are in the World Trade Center, uh, the people that were even the first responders, just historically exactly um historically they are men right um and so they either ended up unfortunately passing away um or they also ended up having like more chronic illnesses that the women had to like take care of Uh, and again that's like delaying their own um just like being able to process what happened being able to tend to themselves and like it ends up they end up looking less resilient even though they're just like they're having to do more um so i think that's that's totally possible um and this is not to say that like men are more deserving of any of these positions um but like it happens and that's that's just how society has has been set up uh and like i mean we're hopefully like trying to undo some of that um in, in this modern age but like we still have a lot of work to do before that actually happens
1: yeah i mean uh, this question we can't answer but this kind of remind uh led me to question like how we should be using social support in times of like traumatic events like Mm -hmm. you know given the discussion we had about like women um being the person who are um with people who keep like disclosing their emotional difficulties to them like do you think sometimes it is recommended like when you're going through hard times first you know try to be uh, try to take care of your emotions and you know work through your emotions yourself first Mm. like before seeking out social support and you know kind of discussing your emotions with others Mm. so do you think you know if that you know happened for a woman could there be a possibility that the results could have been different? This is totally like we can't answer them now. Like right. it's not mentioned in the paper, but it's just something that I thought about.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think that that totally makes sense. Um, just the idea that like we we should always be taking care of ourselves first, right? Like because you you're no good to other people if you are just worn out, if you are stressed out, okay. and like that kind of stuff, right? Um, I, I mean, I'm sure that uh, the women in in these studies, like I'm sure that they they were. The support that other people might have needed but like um yeah if they if they've just never had that chance um to take care of things themselves uh and take care of themselves um yeah i think that could leak into these kinds of effects that we're seeing that the aftermath um that they end up looking less resilient um yeah uh, i mean i i, I agree <laughs> with that
1: yeah i think that's interesting i mean it's something I don't think I've seen a lot of like Mm. work on this maybe because I'm not familiar with the literature but it's worth looking up yeah I'm curious yeah.
0: Right so uh, I'll say um, in my experience I haven't seen much literature on it um, but I do know that psychologists and therapists like that is how they are like kind of trained right like they tell people like hey take care of yourself first Um, like you have to make space for yourself you have to um Like save your own energy uh, for yourself, and uh, because that same sentiment that like if you're not doing that, then like you're just you're not going to be good to other people. You're not you're going to be like irritable. You can't be empathic. You can't like just do these other like things that um, in society, um, right?
1: You don't even have the energy energy to you know feel empathy towards others. Yeah, Yeah, Mm -hmm. that makes sense
0: um but like one of those unfortunate disconnects between like therapy and like where they're at versus like research um because I, I mean there's so many things that like i mean i i personally also just like believe to be true um but like research doesn't necessarily support it because how how do you really do that study right like that would be a very tough mm-hmm. thing to like find that effect um but we see it um in, in real life <laughs> yeah
1: yeah so then so yeah oh, there yeah, it g- is still a big gap yeah, right. Between.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, all of this is like, I, I think maybe this also ties into the potential discussion on like maybe age, the age differences that we saw, or like also the um, ethnicity differences. Um, is there one that you want to start with?
1: Asians. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> that finding was very interesting. So, you know, the paper shows that Asians are three times more likely to be resilient um, Mm -hmm. you know after 9-11 compared to whites Um, Mm -hmm. and yeah that was puzzling to me but then you know I have personal theories just because I was you know I am Asian and I am brought up with Asian values and cultures Um, one thing um, that I thought about was that like I feel personally that like, Asians are generally more reserved with openly expressing their emotions, whether that is, that's as happiness, sadness, uh, particularly to strangers and mm. um, to very openly. So in this study, what researchers basically you know called people and asked about their experience after nine eleven. so, um, I do think that Asians would have generally been less likely to really disclose how they felt and like what kind of difficulties that they experienced
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: compared to more expressive uh, whites um, mm-hmm. potentially. So you know the reason is kind of same. Uh, uh, the reason for this difference is kind of similar for the gender difference, but it's just in the opposite direction. Um, so that could uh, I mean, Asians are generally more expressive to their close networks, the people who they interact with, and people in their community, but not necessarily like in public, or in other places. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, that could be one reason.
0: Yeah, no, I, and I think that's such a good reason. Like, again, like going back to the, just the methodology of this, like if we all just could think for a little bit, like if you got a random call <laughs> from someone and that you had to like start talking about like the super traumatic kind of thing, right? And they're asking super personal questions on top of that. Like, how willing would you be to like really say like, yes, like uh, like I I match 10 of these uh, descriptions of PTSD. Like, no, like probably not, right? Um, so I... I guess one way to like think about this is like, if you were to do a different methodology, uh, do you think you would find the same uh, findings? Uh, So like, let's say if we did, um, they could do this at home uh, in their own, like in the comfort of their own home, they could just like do a self-report like on paper or something. Do you think you would find the same uh, effects that we saw here uh, on the phone?
1: Oh, I definitely think, you know, if it wasn't really self-report, but it was, like, real, you know, health reports. So, Mm. like, in, in, although this is not possible, let's say we actually had their, like, health records, Mm. like, after 9-11. I feel like the less, you know, the less expressive that you are, the more you keep your negative emotions and sadness, like, within yourself, that actually, you know, negative, definitely negatively impacts your health. Mm-hmm. So the results could actually reverse, like in that case, if you had like different outcomes. But mm-hmm. yeah, that would have been an interesting possibility to pursue. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think that's that's also a good idea, um, and th- these kinds of studies actually do happen—not um, that often, but like they they do happen where like they can go back and just see like what were the medical health records before and after uh, certain events, and like maybe they can't like uh, tell anything about like an individual, but like definitely on average, um, if you see these effects, like I th- I think it would. Um, Uh, support exactly what you're saying that like if people are just kind of like withholding their negative emotions and they're suppressing everything that would uh, like maybe you might sound better but like um, and like that's what we see in this uh, the phone call sort of thing Um, but maybe their actual health is deteriorating um, as they're doing that and uh, I I think we could see that in um, uh, maybe like cholesterol levels or like with blood pressure and things like that um, that would absolutely be affected by this
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this reminds me the importance of like studying resilience and also other psychological outcomes across different race and ethnicity. I think at some point, like we talked about a paper specifically on Asians, Mm -hmm. right, like Asian's resilience. And, you know, um, we need more papers like that, because right now we're definitely speculating Mm -hmm. on, you know, what could have been the reason based on what we know from other psychological research. But we really don't know definitely. So um, you know, definitely more research should be done because this is such an important topic. And also, the U.S. is a very multicultural you know country. Mm-hmm. I would say, like, why not have more studies that studies you know different populations and how things play out differently across these racial groups.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I I, very much will echo that. Uh, like, I, I agree with that. Um, we need more diversity in research. Um, I mean, r- this is research. A huge
1: difference. Right. It's like three times as much, um, mm-hmm. three times difference between nations and whites. So.
0: Right. Um, and it, it's not necessarily due to, like, potentially, like, other reasons that uh, people might think of, Um Uh, when they if someone like thinks of like Asian, they might also think, like, oh, maybe they just have more income, maybe they have more education, maybe have they like these other things, but it's not because of those reasons. Mm Uh, because otherwise, like in these analyses, they specifically were able to control for that. So there must be something else about like maybe it's a cultural sort of thing, maybe it's literally like the expressive sort of thing, like who knows? Um, (laughs) because no one's done the actual research on this.
1: (laughs) I mean, now you mentioned that. Let me bring up another finding in the paper. So they found that people with a college degree Mm. were less likely to be resilient, compared to those who don't have, uh, who haven't completed uh, high school, uh, who hasn't graduated from high school. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that completely uh, negates, uh, you know, what prior work shows, you know, the more educated you are, the more, you know, you are able to adapt to different situations. And yeah, that's doesn't seem to be the case for resilience, at least mm-hmm. in this paper.
0: Yes. So this it brings up one I other... have
1: no theories oh, on okay. this.
0: <laughs> I, I I maybe have a couple of thoughts on this. Um one is that like uh in, in this specific case, like again, just the kind of professions that were like were mostly impacted here. Like I am potentially like yeah. those are the people that had the college degrees, right? Um this, uh, so
1: their networks
0: right yeah exactly it just people this
1: them. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: the severity of, of which they they had the experiences right like yeah I, I think that could potentially make sense there's also maybe just like the other idea of um how people uh like uh i'm trying to think of how do i do i actually say this um because i have one way of saying this uh but i don't know if it's going to make sense um but maybe if we go back to like the idea of mindfulness uh and like this whole idea <clears throat> that like the more educated you are potentially the more that you like overcomplicate things and the more that like you overthink things and the more that you question things mm-hmm. and like things like that um that like when you have that like you, you're, you're educated you have that four years uh, of a of, uh, higher education um maybe you just kind of like you're questioning life a little bit more. You're questioning uh, why did this happen? You're questioning like all these other like alternatives that like, maybe that's just not helpful in, the, in this kind of instance. Cause it's such an uncontrollable like event. Like what else could you do at that point? Um, you, you cope with it and you move on. Like, I mean, it's mm-hmm. not gonna happen quickly, <laughs> not to say this like so um, nonchalantly, but like, um, yeah. Um, all, you won't necessarily get all the answers that might like fulfill you.
1: Yeah. Do you also think it could be possible that, like, the more educated you are, the more you overestimate that you'll be able to overcome mm. without external help?
0: Mm. So
1: maybe you know these populations tend to, you know, reach out for help with their problems, and you know that just prevents them to move on. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, simply. Um, so yeah, I think that could also like contribute.
0: Yeah, uh, so I, I I like that idea as well. Um, that like, because in my head it's almost like uh, well I don't know I guess maybe the skill either way. Um, as as you become more educated, at least in my experience, you potentially also lose more friends, <laughs> um, just because and <laughs> not because like they think badly of you or anything. Your social network
1: like keeps getting yeah keeps right. shrinking
0: um and uh, yeah i mean that's because i mean potentially you're just you're, you all of your time is going to like your education now and not necessarily to like upholding these friendships um so maybe yeah they just have like less people to like actually go to um versus like if you if you didn't have that level of education if you didn't like move to a completely different place as well as like for your college right like then of course your, your uh social network even like decreases even more in, in that kind of case uh-huh. um so yeah, uh, there's so many things like going with that. Like yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that you, you uh, brought that, that point. Because um, I also imagine just like
1: yeah. In... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I didn't have anything oh. uh, important <laughs> to say. Yeah.
0: I was just going to say like <laughs> uh, the idea that like especially in New York City, like you probably have so many people that like just kind of move there, right? Like they're not necessarily tied to that city. Um, but they uh they move there for the job opportunity or like for whatever right and like there are also probably people that like have an education and they think like oh i can use my education in this like very like uh progressive like sort of like place um so yeah Yeah. i I think that 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 all could potentially like tie into this this idea
1: (laughs) yeah yeah i think so too so We, we talked about some demographic factors right mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. gender race and ethnicity and we also talked about education uh maybe we can you know also move on to some resources part mm-hmm. like you know these seem to be really matter for resilience as well and mm-hmm. one thing that was interesting to me was that so when you think about resilience you can think about it in different ways you can mm-hmm. actually Uh, you can think about it as like a physical resources, like the amount of energy you have, you know, how healthy you are. But then you can also think about like material resources, like Mm -hmm. how much money you have. And the results do show that like, you know, your health is also important um, in terms of like how resilient you are, you know, the less chronic illnesses you have, Basically, the more healthier you are, the more you are able to better cope with life stresses. Mm -hmm. Um, But then the money part was funny to me is that um, being rich doesn't really make you more resilient. Like the amount of money that people had at the time of the study didn't really um, affect resilience. Mm -hmm. But then the amount of um, material resources that they lost, Uh, due to 9-11 did negatively impact resilience Mm -hmm. so this kind of a symmetry was kind of interesting to me um yes but i have no theory again
0: (laughs) (laughs) um i I think it is. maybe
1: i'll have something (laughs) after discussing it with you
0: (laughs) probably not um (laughs) but I, i do think that it is it's a really good point that like it's not necessarily just like your level of income it's regardless of your level that like if you lost something then like those are the people that like ended up just not doing as well um and so yeah i mean you you could have been making over a hundred thousand dollars if you if you felt like you had a substantial loss in income that's still gonna affect you uh in the same maybe not in the exact same kind of way but like you'll still feel less resilient um uh, and you'll end up potentially also having like more stress and more uh, traumatic um, symptoms uh, because of that Mm. um Yeah, uh, loss of resources.
1: And I'm also guessing, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. And I'm also guessing, you know, the loss of resources, at least in this study's context, is uh, the loss of resources due to 9-11, right? So maybe Mm -hmm. that association, like, keeps reminding them of, like, how this traumatic, Mm. you know, event has impacted them, like, physically. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, that also you know uh, prevents them again to really cut the ties and move on um Mm -hmm. so yeah that could be one reason
0: right yeah no i i like that um and i don't don't know if i have anything else on that like i because i I, again like just more research needs to be done on this like i don't know why there hasn't been like the follow-ups that like are really necessary on this um yeah um it's a good idea though I, I think maybe that like what goes along with that is the idea of like the chronic illness sort of thing right the, the like um so they found it like it's, it's sort of like a layered thing um if you didn't have chronic illnesses uh or if you had no i think if you just didn't have chronic illnesses you're more resilient than someone who had one to two uh ch- chronic illnesses um and one to two was also i mean not maybe not by much, but like uh like the effects just got got worse and worse. Um where like if you had three or more uh chronic illnesses, like that was definitely like the bottom. Um and of course, like all that makes sense. Um I, I think maybe that even like ties into like some of the stuff we're talking about. Uh, last week um where like if you if you like when it comes to resilience as long as that resilience thing that you do um whether that is mindfulness whether that's cognitive behavioral therapy whether that's listening to music like as long as something can actually like alleviate some of the stress uh, that's happening and like of course there's tons of stress with the chronic illnesses and that only is like getting worse and worse if you have multiple uh, compounded um like if you can find that thing that actually alleviates that, then you'll be you'll be more resilient. You won't necessarily succumb to like oh like another bad thing happened, um, like I just can't deal with it. Um, you you have that space now to deal with it. Um, but hopefully that that actually makes sense <laughs> to other people and not in my head.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. And maybe you know we can end with one last point about mm-hmm. age because mm-hmm. we keep talking about it mm-hmm. in our mm-hmm. previous podcasts. Mm-hmm. So I think one consistent finding in all of our um, all of the papers that we discuss about resilience uh, is uh, the finding that the more you age, uh, the better your resilience is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like we had several different hypotheses <laughs> about this. Like you know, uh, I think one was you know, experience the level of experience. Uh, the more you age, of course. You have more experience dealing with like different life stresses. So that might contribute to um, being better um, at being resilient. But yeah. you know, we had other things like, oh, maybe it's because uh, the more you age, the more resources that you end up just accumulating, mm-hmm. um, like uh, material, whether that's material or non material. Mm-hmm. And also, we talked about the possibility that the more you age, uh, because you have more life experience, you know, you, you feel that you're in more control of your environment compared to, you know, adolescents or very mm. young adults. Um, and I think um, not directly, but then this paper indirectly indirectly rules out the, the uh, you know, being able to deal with life stresses as part. Um, uh-huh. I don't know, like, because the paper finds that the more life stresses Um, you have you have had or have in addition to the 9-11 the Mm -hmm. less resilient you are likely to be so maybe the association between age you know and resilience is not really about you know the more experience you have dealing with life stresses Mm -hmm. um and but other things that we talked about Mm
0: -hmm. yeah so i i think it's still a little up in the air as far as like why age matters Um, but i i I don't know if this paper really um takes away like that experience sort of thing because i I can kind of think of like experience in a couple different ways of like you could literally just like experience something and like not deal with it well and like if you can repeatedly not deal Mm. with something well like it doesn't matter how old you are you'll never
1: deal with it properly right exactly
0: um so potentially if they could ask a question of like um did you have this traumatic event uh before and like were you able to like get over it or like were you able to deal with it in a like healthy sort of way and maybe that would like help figure that out um who does well who doesn't um and that that has to be somewhat a a function of like age uh because like you just had more time to like have traumatic experiences and um I think that the second thing is uh, they didn't ask anything about like agency or control. Like we, we have like proxies for it, like through like the income education, like that kind of thing, but like, not necessarily right. Like agency isn't necessarily tied to income. Uh, like it's, it's, of course it's related to it, but like agency can mean so many things. Like if you actually have just have control over your body and like over your emotions, over how you perceive things, um, that is probably more important, um, at the end of the day. Well, (laughs) maybe I won't say that because like after a certain level of income, like, of course, like you can't just think your, your way, (laughs) uh, to, um, being all right. Um, but yeah I think yeah, they... it's
1: indefinite yeah because right. this paper did not include any like psychological variables they really focused on like demographic and other more i guess not structural but like you know resource related factors so mm-hmm. yeah i agree it's still there's still a long way mm-hmm. <laughs> to really pinpoint like what it is mm-hmm. about this relationship
0: right yeah, but I, I will say we can pat ourselves on the back at least a little bit that like we did say the age thing and it, it did work out here. Um, and potentially also like the social support thing, like that is still important. Um, yeah. People who had more social support, they ended up being the most resilient. Um, but yeah, there's tons of questions that that still are unanswered on both of those fronts. Um, so uh, what is the final thing that we want to say on this? Um-
1: <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe because, you know, we had so many open discussions about the possibilities of the findings. Mm -hmm. You know, I would totally encourage people who are watching this or kind of listening to Mm. this, you know, share their experience. Or like if you're a woman, you know, maybe you have your own theories about, like, why women tend to be less resilient uh, Mm -hmm. compared to men. And if you're Asians, obviously, you might have different opinions. Uh, than the one that (laughs) i discussed today Mm -hmm. and uh you know getting your feedback would be really um eye-opening for Mm -hmm. us right so yes
0: yeah no that's great um and you you can disagree with us absolutely uh because your experience is going to be better than uh research on the average of two thousand people right like that does not have to apply to you (laughs) um And also, maybe I'll just like very quickly say that, like, even if this is the average effect, that doesn't mean every single woman did worse than men. That doesn't mean every single Asian did better than other ethnicities. Um, So, of course, there's tons of room uh, here. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's a a good note to end on. Um, Next week, uh, we'll be doing more of this, a little bit more of this. Um, We're going to try to wrap up resilience, although we will not be able to fully (laughs) talk about everything that goes on with resilience. But one last important piece is just like, just revisiting the idea of like, what is resilience? Um, Because like, okay, things predicted, there are outcomes because of it, but like, what is it (laughs) actually? So, um, I mean, psychologists, of course, they have their their definitions, they have their uh, actual measurements and scales that they use, Um, but is that valid? Like, do we agree with that? Are there other ways that we could be measuring this? Um, So we want to discuss all of those kinds of things next week. Um, And until then, uh, we... we (laughs) Uh, still have more content. <laughs> we have even more content than before, actually, um, because now we also have blog posts. Uh, so you can keep looking forward to um, reading more and more about uh, just our thoughts on all these different uh, phenomenon um, and uh, yeah, feel free to visit our website, uh, roomforresearch.com, as well as social media, uh, Room for Research, and you'll find everything <laughs> that we've been doing, um, and specifically about uh, resilience right now. Um, so until Yeah, more... and please share oh, yeah, yeah.
1: your thoughts. Yes. <laughs> yes very, yeah. very important.
0: Please do. Uh, we want to engage in conversations, not just with ourselves, but like with you too. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um all right cool so then next week uh, we'll see you then um bye for now
1: bye. You
0: with the sun.